did you know that there's a narcissistic Hoover before there's an actual Hoover? Usually there's a smear campaign that takes place, but it is after an imaginary contract has taken place. Now, you usually don't know anything about the imaginary contract because it is only in the mind of the narcissist or the cluster personality type. So in a romantic situation, most of the time, we are not even aware that a contract has been made. And of course, the narcissist expects us to fulfill that contract. And when it's not fulfilled, this is usually when the love bombing stops and the smear campaigning begins. Now, here's another thing that usually goes undetected. And that is the narcissist already has new supply before they discard of the current supply. Be sure to check out my video, Narcissists Had New Supply Before They Discarded You. So I don't have to tell you how unfair it is when a narcissist formulates that imaginary contract or what they expect you to bargain, right? <laughs> During the relationship. But it is unfair because it's in the mind of the narcissist. He or she expects you to fulfill that contract. Now, what is the stipulation of the contract? Or what are the terms of the contract? All right, so the terms of the contract. Number one, always be loyal no matter what. Don't question, don't challenge, don't protest. Pretty much you have to be a robot, okay? If you're not a robot, you have to be invisible. You have to be that person who doesn't have a voice, you don't have an identity, and you don't have a life. All right, term number two of the contract, be perfect. And third term of the imaginary contract is to never become unhooverable. There's an opportunity that is often missed when the narcissist begins to hoover. One of the things that usually takes us by surprise is when the narcissist begins to obtain new supply, but instead of upgrading, they downgrade. Now this is usually a mind screw or it messes with the mind, okay? Because oftentimes when the narcissist begins to scout for new supply, it is not before they discard the current supply. This is, you know, they have an art to it. Very often they must keep that supply plentiful to satisfy their false self images. Now there's usually a shock and awe to this whole madness, okay? The crazy making. Very often, narcissists and cluster personality types, they are in awe of how they're able to pull off the shenanigans, while the rest of us are usually shocked by it. The shock and awe effect is one of the things that the narcissist and cluster personality type usually lives for. This is one of the reasons why they look for signs that they have outdone you or you're showing signs of being shocked, you're dismayed, you're going through all of these emotions. Ever wonder why the narcissist look for these signs after they have discarded you? Well, that's why, because they are in awe of being able to pull off the shenanigan while you're in shock that they were able to pull it off. Never underestimate the narcissist's addiction 
to the shock and awe effect during the hoovering phase. All right, so let's go ahead and break down the hoovering stages. Stage, Stage number, number one, one, the imaginary contract that the narcissist perceives that you have broken. That brings on the smear campaigning. They go from the love bomb to the smear campaigning because they perceive that you have broken that imaginary contract. Okay, hoovering stage number two, the one down method. Now, of course, you know or you suspect that he or she may get the new supply, but most of us never imagine that they will go down instead of up. You would think that the narcissist will upgrade on the new supply, but sometimes they do that one down method and it's usually quite a curveball. Stage number three to the hoovering process, and that is the shock and awe effect. Very often, the narcissist is in awe of how they are pulling shenanigans. In other words, you know, they're, they're patting themselves on the back for being able to pull out the rug. The rest of us, when the rug gets pulled out from underneath us, we are in shock. The final stage of the hoover is the actual hoover. But it actually, what's so fascinating about that last step, what's so fascinating about that last stage is that it can go either way. The choice is actually ours, okay? Not the narcissist. The narcissist wants you to believe that he or she is in control of the hoovering process or the hoovering stage. The narcissist actually wants you to believe that he or she is in full control when they're not. See, that last stage can go either way. So this will knock down the narcissist's whole operation. If you become unhooverable, this will dismantle the narcissist's whole operation of hoovering you back in. So that last stage is very critical.
All right, let's go ahead and look at some of the abracadabra codes of narcissists. First code, if the narcissist is pursued for validation, explanation, or apologies, he or she will not ever take responsibility for their behavior, emotions, and words. Second code, the narcissist apologizes only if they will appear to be saints, martyrs, or victim to outsiders. Okay, so as long as the narcissist looks good, if they apologize to anyone, again, it is only to sustain their source supply. This means that the false self-image will survive and rule at the end of the day. If the narcissist looks good to outsiders by apologizing to you, that's what they're going to do. The apology will not be sincere. Third code. The narcissist has taken a secret vow to never love anyone anymore for any reason. Therefore, will take delight in watching others twist themselves into a pretzel in hopes that he or she can win the heart, approval, and loyalty of the narcissist. All right, next code. Narcissists remain unapologetically fixed, defiant, resistant, unforgiving, and spiteful with seduction and charisma. So on one hand, they may seem very charming and pleasant and loving and all these other type of things that we love in a relationship, but on the other, behind the scenes, in secret, the narcissist is really trying to tear other people's spirits down. This is often why a lot of people are devastated after the relationship with the narcissist is over. They're devastated. They can't believe that anyone has treated them the way that they were treated. The narcissist can be very cold and very cutthroat. A lot of people are not ready. Okay? They're not, they're not very used to something like that, which none of us ought to be used to anything like that. However, the narcissist and the cluster personality, they tend to be predatory in nature. So when they strike, most people are not only not ready, but they are devastated and even traumatized after the fact. Next code. Narcissists exploit others for their capacity to empathize, love, forgive, and express emotions. Okay, this one is pretty self-explanatory, so let's move on to the next code. Narcissists seem to prefer negative attention. Therefore, he or she feeds off of the energy fields of those who become reactionary. Narcissists drink the tears of others while eating a pound of his or her flesh. The narcissist and cluster personality show no shame when they tap into the energy fields of others. They have a predatory nature. The narcissist is on survival mode 100, okay? 100% of the time, 24-7, they are in survival mode. They have to eat. That means when they tap into the energy fields of others, they drink the tears of others, and they take a pound of his or her flesh. Let's move the on. The summary of the abracadabra codes of the narcissist is as follows. Remain relentless, removed, and resistant in the face of any and every sign of humanity demonstrating a higher vibration of consciousness at all costs. So in summary... The shenanigans, the tactics for source supply, the diabolical acts, you can sum it up right, right let's here. Let's move on to the tools. Tool number one, 
take steps to learn the nature of narcissists without attempting to make any sense of what his or her motives may be. This one is a tough one because again, the narcissists tend to be quite mysterious, but not so much in a good way. Second tool, guard your heart at all times. This also means guarding your energy field, minding your energy field. So practice mindfulness. So by guarding your heart at all times, this means that you're practicing self-preservation, personal boundaries. You can even go ahead and start practicing assertion. This may help a lot. The cluster personality, they cannot tap into the energy field of those who tend to practice personal boundaries, self-preservation, emotional discipline, and assertion. So guard your heart at all times when dealing with the narcissist and or cluster personality. Last tool, take off the rose-colored glasses. One of the ways to find out how a narcissist will often get the source supply in a third party situation is to look at the crisscross effect of them getting the hoover or hoovering you back in. Because one of you out of the third party may be seeking to get out of the situation or perhaps you have gone no contact from that situation. So the narcissist, of course, doesn't want to lose supply. So what they may end up doing is toying with your mind in order for you to change your heart and vice versa with the other person. But this is going on simultaneously. For instance, perhaps you are the one who have gone no contact. The narcissist may recruit someone to play the dysfunctional role of a flying monkey in order to help him or her to hoover you back in. While at the same time, they may be telling the other person everything they want to hear. In other words, they may be playing with their minds in order to change their hearts to giving the narcissist more supply or to continue to give him or her supply. While at the same time, you're being hoovered back in because the narcissist may be toying with your heart in order for you to change your mind in order to give them another chance. The narcissist has to do this at the same time with all parties involved in the third party situation. They must whisper in the ear, playing with the head of the other person, while at the same time emotionally manipulating you to changing your mind to give them another chance. See, your heart never changed. Your feelings never changed for the narcissist. Therefore, the narcissist knows in order to manipulate you or gaslight you into giving them more supply, in a third party situation or getting you back in a third party situation, they must tug at your heart strings. They cannot toy with your head because you already know or you have knowledge or you're using your mental, not your emotional, to see the narcissist the way he or she really is. So they must do what? They must go for your heart, not your mind. 
because it is your mind they want you to change, not your heart. The heart speaks to the brain. The brain never speaks to the heart. So the narcissist has to play with your heart in order for you to change your mind to give them another chance. Therefore, you're hoovered back in. At the same time, they will whisper in the ear of the other person, perhaps someone who's playing the dysfunctional role of flying monkey, well, or an enabler, they're being toyed with in their heads or their mind or their mental. Therefore, their hearts or they will have more feeling or compassion for your narcissist. Therefore, they will continue to supply him or her. Hope that makes sense. But there is your crisscross effect of the narcissist being able to successfully hoover someone back in in a third party situation. This is also how a narcissist can have your friends, family, or loved ones having more compassion for him or her than you with the knowledge that they have harmed you in some kind of way, shape, or form. And I know this is a double whammy. Some of you have experienced this portrayal from your friends, family, or loved ones, whereas the narcissist has convinced them that they are the victim. Remember, a narcissist has several false self-images, that of a victim, a martyr, or a person who may be a saint. But the narcissist will wear the mask of a victim. This is also how a covert narcissist is able to turn your friends and family against you in order to obtain narcissistic supply. Remember, the narcissist has a mask for each false self-image that they have. So perhaps they're trying to hoover you back in by playing the victim role. They are also doing this with your friends, family, or, or loved ones, or someone else that they're in a, a third-party situation with. The narcissists will often play with their minds while playing with your heart. And sometimes they'll switch it. There's a crisscross effect again, the other way around. If they know that it is not your heart that they must toy with in order to get you reeled back in, then they will toy with your mind. And they will do the opposite on the other end of the spectrum of a third party situation. Perhaps you have been the person who has tried to negotiate or to reason with your narcissist to get counseling. Let's just say the narcissist has figured and the only way they can probably hoover you back in is to go to counseling. So guess what? They're going to play with the head of the counselor while they are pulling at your heartstrings. This is not to say that the counselor is dumb, stupid, or uh, perhaps uh, not uh, bright. No, this means that the counselor perhaps is the person who doesn't have an emotional stake in the whole thing. This is still a third party situation, by the way. But now we're talking about a counselor versus you. And then there's your narcissist. So the narcissist will tell the counselor what they think the counselor wants to hear. Therefore, there's your mental. The counselor has no emotional uh, investment in your narcissist, but you do. So they will emotionally manipulate you while at the same time mentally manipulate the counselor. Therefore, the narcissist will use the crisscross effect in order to obtain source supply. This is also how some of you now can realize that the narcissist was able to mentally manipulate the counselor in order for the counselor to change their hearts or their feeling 
about your narcissist, therefore having more compassion for him or her rather than you. Remember, narcissists often will use sleight of hand, trickery, or even the abracadabra codes that they often have in order to obtain source supply in a third party situation. They also use the art of distraction when they use sleight of hand, therefore they're able to pull the abracadabra in order to get the narcissistic supply that they are seeking at all costs. The moral of this story is that narcissists are often focused on the objective of source supply by any means necessary. They often do not consider the cost of their actions, but they're busy salivating over the rewards that they think they're going to get from the third party situation, which is the source supply. Mm -hmm.